0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The BFM Breakfast Grill. Connecting you to the top people and ideas. Powered by Mobile 5G now with you. Good morning, you're listening to The Breakfast Grill. I'm Shazana Mokhtar. Tomorrow, February 11th, marks the International Day of Women and Girls in Science. This year's theme is a mouthful. The acronym IDEAS spell out INNOVATE, DEMONSTRATE, ELEVATE, ADVANCE, and SUSTAIN, all with the aim to bring everyone forward for sustainable and equitable development. How inclusive are we in the pursuit of empowering women and girls to achieve these goals? There's no better person to discuss this with me today than Dr. Nor Aisha Maidin Abdul Aziz, neurobiologist and spina bifida patient rights advocate. She was also a candidate for the Putrajaya parliamentary seat during GE15 under the Pakatan Harapan banner. Dr. Aisha, thank you for joining me in the studio. Thank you very much, Zaina. You have spina bifida, a form of neural tube defect, or NTD, and you spent your childhood in hospital because of your medical condition. Then as an adult, you dedicated much of your energy to understanding and expanding the knowledge base on spina bifida and NTDs. Looking back, did you ever conceive a future career path that wasn't in the science field? Or was becoming a scientist pretty much inevitable for you? Uh, to answer that question, you know, I grew up in a hospital, mm.
1: and that hospital was University Hospital, which is now known as Pusat Perubatan University Malaya. University Hospital was fantastic; it went above and beyond. It was known globally for the right reasons. It saved my life, uh, but I saw it with my own eyes. I saw it with my own experiences that Malaysia, uh, you know, the decline. I would say. Mm. Uh, I I don't think a child born uh, now, uh, if I wasn't around uh, with Malaysian neural tube defects, I don't think a spina bifida child would have it that good as I did being born in May 1975. And having, of course, you know, it's due to the fact that I have very, very able, educated, uh, you know, knowledgeable parents, mm. uh, that I am the person that I am today. But all in all, uh, quality of education was much better back then. Mm.
0: Interesting.
1: Okay, uh, so there's a clear yeah.
0: decline in standards in terms of. Perhaps medical care and treatment, as well as in terms of education from back when you were a child to today. Absolutely. And how I ended up doing what I'm
1: doing was simply purely for the reason that I knew very early on that I have to look after my health, that I cannot rely upon the doctors. So I'm not saying the word my doctors, yeah? The word my doctors is very sensitive to me because I take great pains to choose the people around me, which is why I'm extremely, exceedingly proud of the clinicians that I have chosen for Malaysian Neural Tube Defects, because these guys and girls are the best of the best of the best
0: okay,
1: uh, in every sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, is, I think, the, the sort of patient care I received as a child, as a baby In University Hospital,
0: Hmm. was there a particular moment that solidified your intent to pursue a career in science? Absolutely, I am the only
1: person that I know in my group uh, in Malaysian neurotube defects with an ileal conduit, and I also know from reading and I've also written an editorial about this, touching about this, that majority of people with an ileal conduit uh, construction, which is actually a urinary diversion. Um, do not live for that many years. Mm. Uh, the longest time span a person with an Ill conduit have lived is fifteen years, whereas I have lived with it for more than forty-four years. So all that again, kudos to uh, the professor who was also the Dean of the medical Faculty at that time in 1978, who operated on me, Professor Soma Sundram, whereby you, you, you can't even find a CT scan in University of Malaya. You understand? I mean, I mean, in the whole of Malaysia, you don't have CT scans. You don't have MRIs. I mean, back then, you know, you don't mm. have these kind of stuff. So, And you don't have uh, microsurgery, for example, which is what my neurosurgeons now are doing for my children with spina bifida. So we are releasing the tethered cord, early on, so that they do not have a decline in in any of the abilities. But The um, gold standard globally is still uh, waiting for a decline in mobility before they actually untether the spinal cord. Mm. But our observation, which we had published recently in the journal Children, had shown distinctively that uh, any spina bifida child who shows uh, retention of urine in the bladder, uh, if untethered, uh, will improve. So bladder bowel function then becomes a marker for this uh, condition. And we are seeing that if it's done uh, before the age of two and followed up accordingly over the years, so you need to get an MRI every year every or every two years, uh, would mean that we, we, we are seeing our, our children uh, completely mobile. And what is so encouraging is that for the first time, these children are free of uh, catheterization. And that is a miracle. So, in the next 15 years, if we can sustain this, it, it, I, I, honestly, I think Malaysia is at the forefront of uh, spina bifida
0: management. Mm. My team, that is, my team. (laughs) Malaysian neural tube defects. Right, right. So you've actually been able to come up with a new means of treatment that will help a generation of children if this can be implemented in a more mainstream way. Absolutely. Okay. Talk to me about Malaysian neural tube defects and what this group is, what it aims to do, and how mm-hmm. it fits in the broader ecosystem of the science and medicine landscape at the moment.
1: All right. I didn't go around with the idea, oh, I have to set up an organisation, Ooh, I have to set up a group of people. Not at all. Nine years ago, I was asked by this couple, you know, who had a three-year-old spina bifida boy, and the exact words of the mum was, Dr Aisha, la we all go to see the neurosurgeon. We don't even understand what the doctor is saying, Dr Aisha. You come
0: lah, you come la. Okay, so I went and uh, that was how it started, really. So in a way, um, you hmm. set up Malaysian um, NTD to mm. be that, I guess, uh, intermediary between patients and medical specialists to well, help each other all. understand?
1: No, not at all. I, I just
0: wanted to help the cute kid. <laughs> But it became an intermediary in the sense that it ended up being able to help parents and clinicians actually en- understand and engage with each other.
1: I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm tearing up actually because this is, um, I, I never, I never sought to become an intermediary, never. Mm. All I wanted to do, all I've always wanted to do, to do until today, the only thing I've wanted to do is to protect that spina before that child. Because that spine up before the child is me. Mm. And if I have had God's love and grace in protecting me over the years that I met the absolutely correct people who have looked after me really well, who've managed me really well, all I wanted to do in return, you know, to seek God's good grace is to look after the spina bifida children of Malaysia. And the reason why I do it with such gusto and a lot of swear words, I'm not going to mention any today, <laughs> um, is because of the absolutely shocking level of care that my kids have been getting over the
0: years. Mm. What is lacking... Um Dr. Aisha, among medical professionals today, mm. especially when it comes to their treatment of uh, children with spina bifida, where do you think the disconnect is between what they, what the aim is, supposedly, mm. which is to, give ch- to treat children, to cure them, mm. or to give them a better mm. way of life, and, and the reality of, of how it's being practised? The,
1: the answer is actually super simple, and I think it um, cuts across the border for all different fields of medicine, I think people are generally uh, not very hard working in keeping abreast of the latest in the science, in the management. Uh, But it is not just about the science and the management. You cannot let go of, uh, you know, doing work on the ground. You would want an intelligent doctor, yes. But having a kind doctor supersedes everything else Mm. kind but truthful in their best capacity and they are humble enough to say they don't know when they don't know so the disconnect and this is something that I tell all my medical students uh, the, the the advice is very simple the advice is never be arrogant to your patients
0: Is that a question of nature or nurture, though? Nurture.
1: I am a product of my mother's nurturing. My Malaysia Neural Tube Defects children, you will see, in the next 10 years, they will be walking, they will be healthier. That cohort of patients under my care are going to be so good and so successful out there that I'm not surprised that I will win a Nobel Peace Prize for my surgeons. And, and that's why I still keep the label of a scientist because even though I have officially retired because I went into politics in order to support the Harappan coalition, I left my job security, I left everything. Uh, but I didn't leave science. I will never leave science.
0: Science is the air that I breathe. I'm speaking to Dr. Noor Aisha Hamaidin Abdul-Aziz, neurobiologist and spina bifida patient rights advocate on the eve of International Day for Women and Girls in Science. We'll have more from this conversation after a break. BFM 89.9. You are listening to The Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U-Mobile. 5G now with you. Thanks for staying tuned to The Breakfast Grill. I'm Shazana Mukhtar. To mark International Day of Women and Girls in Science on February 11th. Joining me on the show today is Dr. Nur Aisha Hamaidin Abdul-Aziz, neurobiologist and spina bifida patient rights advocate. Um, You have previously written something that I thought was quite interesting in that Mm. you grew up with an ableist mindset. Yeah. Which you said you've worked to undo, you Mm. know. So when did you realize that this was a problem for you and how did you change, I guess, this way of thinking? Right. Back then, when I was a child, back then, when I was
1: in kindergarten, Asunta primary, Asunta secondary, uh, I was the only person with spina bifida that I knew. I didn't know anyone else with spina bifida.
0: Mm.
1: And I didn't understand why my mother would go to the National Library, try to search for books on spina bifida, only finding one. And you know, she took out this red book that says children with spina bifida. And she's like, what happens to the adults? Right? So there you go. You couldn't even procure a book on adults with spina bifida uh, back then, which was published uh, abroad, you know, that sort of thing. What more would you expect from what's happening in Malaysia? I mean, we have absolutely no idea. And again, (laughs) that brings me back to the science of things. When I left UM to join... Quite frankly, the call by Rafizi Ramli, Nurul Iza, and Nick Nazimi, Ayuhu Malaysia, it's because it came out of the sheer unhappiness that I literally had the only functioning laboratory in all of Malaysia on neural tube defects, that I was treated and bullied quite badly in the University of Malaya. Hmm. You know, and put You know, well, you you can't deny I was put in cold storage. Mm. I am a developmental neurobiologist working out of the Department of Parasitology. But I think I chose a really good place. Very, very kind people. And even if I have to work extra, triple times, quadruple times harder and have to publish papers on something that wasn't even on my specialisation, I would do it Mm. because I'm just that tenacious and I do not ever, ever want to be known as someone who carries favours. I'm not going to use a vulgar term for that, but I'm sure you know what the vulgar term for that is. I will not curry favours. Why
0: is academic culture at public universities in Malaysia like that, Dr Aisha? And how can we change that? Because people wait to get, instructions, what they call wahyu, <laughs> uh, from up above. Is there too much political interference in public universities? Everything about promotion is political interference.
1: You literally, apparently have need to have someone there during the promotion exercises to fight your case unless you stick all the boxes beautifully. And again, the boxes can change according to who's at the meeting. In order for scientific rigour to happen, in order for any environment to be robust and constructive, people have to be able to be themselves. Mm. And if you have wahyu coming from up above, uh, not from the Almighty, but from human beings... Uh, saying that in order to get a particular promotion, you have to tick box A, B, C, D. You just become like any other thing, like a factory producing people. (laughs) Shazada, you know, I am 47. I've already left University of Malaya, right? Okay. I got my PhD in 2007. Until today, I am still the only spina bifida in the world
0: with a PhD on spina bifida. Where is the recognition from my country? There is very little from what we see on public record. It's been painful,
1: but that has given me the strength and the conviction, as I said just
0: now, to support the Ayuh Malaysia movement. Let's talk about that, Dr. Aisha. Sure. Let's talk about GE15. As you said, you made that very bold move of leaving mm. academia where you've been for 15 years. Mm. You entered the world of politics. Mm. You fielded as you were fielded as a candidate mm. in Putrajaya against the likes of Kunan from Barisa National mm. and Radzi Jidin mm. of Bersatu, who yes. ultimately became the winner. Mm. You came third. Mm. Now that the dust has settled... What lessons have you taken away from that experience? It was a whirlwind one. Mm. One minute you were a lecturer mm. at UM, the Absolutely. next minute you were on the campaign trail. Absolutely. It, it, was, it was very, uh, you know, uh,
1: it was an emotional seesaw. I'm, I'm telling you, uh, the support staff of UM, the support staff of UM have come out in full force in support of
0: me. They had your back.
1: They had my back. They help process my stuff really fast. You know that the country is ready for a change. You know you, And people know me. People know that I fight. I fight really hard. I fight for the ones who don't have a voice. I fight
0: for the layperson. That said, you did not win Putrajaya over Dr. Aisha.: so Two weeks competing. With more time, do you think you would have made a bigger impact?? You betcha (laughs) You
1: betcha So there were a lot of things that I didn't know about P125 Putrajaya You come in, you know, you look at this beautiful city Beautiful And then after that, when you're actually there And then your eyes just start popping up They're like, oh my god, you know, this doesn't work That doesn't work You go to the most beautiful masjid I mean, to me, the most beautiful masjid I've ever been in Is Masjid Besi Masjid Sultan Mizan absolutely gorgeous the infrastructure I'm so impressed wow there's a place for me to take wuduk but you know what there's no water <laughs> there's no water in those facilities I go to the uh, Pusat Kejiranan again okay your toilets is there open the tap no water <laughs> yeah it's Putrajaya for God's sake How can you make that a centre for tourism in the country when the facilities don't even work well? When you go on the walkways, the pavements are so disjointed. There's cracks everywhere. Maintenance is so poor. I mean, I would like to reach out to as many people with disabilities. I've had some people reach out to me, a lady who works in Putrajaya on wheelchair. I'm going to shadow her. I'm going to see how it's like for her uh, to get to work. Mm. But of course, I'm a person with, a phys- with you know with physical disabilities. I would love to also shadow a person who has other kinds of disabilities.
0: This sounds to me, Dr. Aisha, that you still have political ambition. You still want to run in a, for a policymaking role. Um, is this something that you're considering? Would we see you, for example, as a candidate in the state elections?
1: I am a very green and young party member. I am only waiting for instructions from my party president and the upper management of my party. Please tell me how I can contribute to the nation. But if your question is, am I going to stop speaking up? Never. But as everyone knows, if you don't get fielded in, it doesn't happen. But it doesn't mean that the work stops. It doesn't. In fact, the work have increased by leaps and bounds because now everyone knows me and everyone's asking me for help. Uh, people can't use the elevator, for example, uh, in, in P125. They
0: tweet me. Dr. Aisha, in all the anecdotes and stories that you've shared today, I think it really points to just the lack of recognition or the lack of acknowledgement that um, people with disabilities, children with spina bifida, um, they they don't really get that from the broader public. So how do you think we should be making Malaysian society more cognizant of these issues, of recognizing that there's this inherent ableism that's affecting a a segment of our population uh, detrimentally?
1: Okay, I'm going to tell you something that is, it cuts across the board. It doesn't matter whether this is Barisan National Government, Perikatan National Government, Perpaduan Government, I really don't care. I mean, the point is, the bottom line is the truth and reality is that every government that comes in because you want stability, you're always looking for the low-hanging fruits. And it it's wrong, really, to just use people with disabilities as your low-hanging fruits that, oh, they're the most, uh, you know, visually obvious people to help. That reinforces the perminta sedekah mindset. Mm. We are not beggars. What we need are laws and legislations which are enforceable. The only thing I want to see coming from my government is the enforcement Mm. of the existing Akta OKU 2008. We need to enforce these things immediately, meaning that if someone who is not disabled has taken the parking spot of a person with disability, that person has to be held accountable. We need, we need reforms. We need real reforms. And that is why I support Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim. That is why I entered PKR because PKR is about the rakyat. It is about the concerns of the
0: Ra'yat, fighting for the rakyat, making things better for the Ray'at. Dr. Noor Aisha. on that note, thank you so much for speaking with me today. I've been speaking to Dr. Noor Aisha Maidin Abdul-Aziz, neurobiologist and spina bifida patient rights advocate. This has been The Breakfast Grill on BFM 89.9. The BFM Breakfast Grill is brought to you by U-Mobile. 5G now with you. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, Download the VFM app.